And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. And I hope that you can stay tuned to today's program as we have a special program prepared for you today as we're going to answer the question, is modern Russia in Bible prophecy? So stay tuned for that as Nathan Jones and myself shed light on this very important subject matter. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, uh, Lord, help us understand what's going on in the world, especially as Russia continues to threaten Europe, especially the Ukraine. Uh, how does that play in the Bible prophecy? So, Lord, please uh, open the Bible up for us so that we may know your word. And we thank you for all who are tuned in in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you turn into our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We welcome you to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Hey, for those of you that are following us along on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so that they can follow along with us as well. Hey, of course, before we continue, we're going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Exciting times, wouldn't you say? Very, very exciting times, Nathan. I mean, every week as you and I uh, do these programs, something else just sort of like comes in the front pages of the news. And it's exciting for us to be able to talk about it and encourage people. But before we do so, Nathan, maybe someone is new to our program and they don't know what we do and how to get a hold of the resources. Would you be able to share with them also our contact information? Absolutely. Absolutely. Vic and I are evangelists in Lion Ministries. I'm hearing an echo here. Sorry about this. Uh, We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways, primarily through our website at ChristInProphecy.org. There you'll find a wealth of information, uh, particularly our television program now in its 20th season, hard to believe, called Christ in Prophecy. You can find that both on our website, our YouTube channel, his channel, other venues, and the major Christian networks like Daystar. And so uh, come and uh, check us out, ChristInProphecy.org. We have a wealth of information to help you get excited about Jesus' soon return. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan. Yeah, so grab hold of these resources. And uh, again, you're going to be blessed with the wonderful content that the ministry puts together. So, Nathan, yeah, we're living in exciting times, incredible things. Uh, We know the Lord is coming back soon because the Bible talks about that in the last days. It's going to be one of the signs is wars and rumors of wars. But it it seems that people always panic because of social media and the news and they have a tendency to blow some things out of proportion, but yet there are certain things that, biblically speaking, are really coming to pass. And one of those big names that everybody's seen in the news is Russia and Ukraine. And Nathan, I'm reading here an article that is by Yahoo News, and it's titled, We Spoke to Seven Ex-CIA and Pentagon Expert, and here's what they say Putin wants to do in Ukraine. And then it also says in in bold letters, why many people think Russia is preparing to invade Ukraine. And uh, this is very interesting. And and a lot of people are reading the news and they're wondering what in the world is going on. And yet others are wondering, Russia, is Russia in Bible prophecy? And how does Russia fit uh, into Bible prophecy? Well, you and I know, Nathan, that Russia is in Bible prophecy according to scriptures as we're going to look at that. 
Yeah, rapture plays a big role in Bible prophecy. Now, the question that's on everybody's minds lately is, well, what does Russia's invasion or potential invasion of the Ukraine have to do with the Bible? And so we'll get into that. Uh, but uh, I do believe that what we're seeing with Russia and trying to in, uh, exert its influence over the Ukraine, primarily to control its, its gas pipeline into Europe, which is really Russia's primary financial engine. They're just trying to secure their finances and their economy. But we see uh, in the Bible that Russia doesn't just move west. It's going to also start moving south. And we can find that prophecy in Ezekiel's chapters 38 and 39. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan. And before we jump on there, Nathan, it's true because we notice that uh, as things start to heat up, there's going to be a lot of troops that are going to be involved, nations, uh, and we want our listeners and, uh, and our viewers to also take into consideration that as we read Bible prophecy and as we read the prophecies in the Bible, that some of the names have changed uh, throughout time and history. So we're going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 38 verses one through nine, and then we'll bring some clarification into uh, what's going on here and also the timing of all this. So Nathan, will you be able to go with me to Ezekiel chapter 38 and I'll read verses one through four and maybe you can read verses five through nine for us? Absolutely, and, and bear in mind folks, uh, Vic and I don't have the time to cover the complete what's called the Gog and Magog War. That's in two whole chapters of the Bible. Chapter 38 and 39, there's more information in the Bible about this invasion of Israel than there is about even Armageddon. So it's a big topic, but I'd refer you to our website at ChristinProphecy.org. If you go under our articles section in Tribulation, we have a number of different articles and videos that will help teach you about the Gog-Magog War. So again, uh, ChristinProphecy.org. Thank so, you so much, Nicholas. Point because pretty much we'll be able to give somewhat of an overview because there is just so much content here. But as we jump on to Ezekiel chapter 38, beginning on verse one, the word of the Lord, it says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rush, Meshech, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaw, and lead you out with all your armies, horses, and horsemen, all splendid clothed in a great company. Wow, with buckles and shield, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, and all them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togarma from the far north, and all its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered around you, and be on guard for them. For after many days you will be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those who brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Nathan, this is an amazing passage. Now, some people might say, well, wait a minute, Vic and Nathan, you just told me that Russia is here in Bible prophecy, but I don't see that that there. Where, where does that name come from? Can you clarify, Nathan, that for us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Definitely. Uh, again, this is Ezekiel, 
who's uh, giving been given this prophecy. And you got to remember that Ezekiel was a prophet around 600 BC. So we're talking about a prophecy that's 2,600 years old. Pretty impressive. And so when this was given, uh, the priestly family of Zadok, they were exiled to Babylon, 597 BC. And God gave them this vision of what would happen when the Jewish people returned. Now, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 11 says a second time. So not the first return from exile from Babylon, but when the Lord would a second time regather all the Jewish people from around the world and bring them into the land of Israel and give them a nation, give them the same language, which we know today is Hebrew, give them a flag, which we know the Star of David is their flag now. All the tribes will return to Israel. And brother, this is a prophecy that you can read about the two chapters before 38 and 39, which are 36 and 37. It's all about the nation of Israel becoming like a living being again. Ezekiel was given this vision of these dry bones, this dead valley, and yet these bones come back to life. They form a body, and the only thing they're lacking is a soul that loves the Lord. And so, brother, this is weird. There, you and I have been to Israel. It's a nation again. And it, this prophecy here we read in chapter 38 says that this nation would be gathered to a land that has long been desolate. Now, before the Jewish people returned from uh, exile about in the late 1890s and started settling the land and uh, reculturing and, and rebuilding it again, it had been a wasteland since the Romans destroyed uh, Israel in 70 AD and renamed the land Palestine. And that's another fantastic miracle and fulfilled prophecy is that the Jewish people would return. They take a wasteland and that where almost nobody was living. You know, there's these Palestinians is just a modern construct and then make the land bountiful again. And, and they're so much so that they'd have a military and feel safe and protected behind their military and their iron dome. Well, that part of the prophecy has already come true as well. Another part of the prophecy says that in the latter days, it gives us a time period here and it points to the fact that whenever the Bible says latter days or last days, it's referring to the end times just before the return of the Messiah. And so brother, we are in that time period. Jesus even said the generation that sees the fig tree, in other words, Israel rebloom and become a nation again, would be the generation, the people group, the era that saw all these things happen. So brother, we are living in the time period for this invasion of these nations that we're reading about here into Israel. Nathan, and I mean, that is just mind boggling. I mean, this prophecy takes place over 2,500 years plus, because you mentioned it, according to Ezekiel 37, verse 14, it says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. And right there, Nathan, right prophetically speaking, we know that Israel did not exist. Uh, and, and at one point, they were just scattered throughout the world. And yet you and I and many others through media can definitely see this land right now uh, regathered all the people and, and they're a nation. Absolutely. I mean, after the Romans basically deforested the entire area for their assault on Jerusalem, uh, they, they made it pretty much a wasteland. Almost nobody lived in it. The Ottoman Empire ruled it for hundreds of years. And then after World War One. Uh, the Jews at the Balfour Declaration felt really kind of this urge, uh, Aliyah, they call it, this going up, this this urge to return to Israel. 
And over the years, uh, many Jews have go back. Now there's about, uh, last I read, uh, 9 million Jews living in a, a country of the 14 million Jews in the world are living in Israel. Pretty amazing. Uh, you and I have been there. It's, it's, it's a nation once more where it was just a wasteland. You can read uh, The Innocents Abroad by Mark Twain, which I just finished reading recently. Excellent book. Mark Twain is so funny. And he traveled with a group around Palestine in the 1860s. And he talked about traveling for days without seeing another person. The fact that the Ottomans taxed the people based on how many trees they had. So they, they didn't have very many trees, how sick and poor everybody was. There wasn't a nation. But we read in this prophecy here that one day Israel will be a nation again. And, and it has to be because to have what we're going to read about shortly, these nations come against her and try to destroy her, you have to have an Israel to be there to begin with, right? And so there's only been a nation of Israel since May 14th, 1948. So we truly are living in the era of the return or the rebutting of the fig tree so that this prophecy can come about. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And that's what we want individuals to see, that even though you might not find those modern names in the Old Testament, yet that's what it's referring to when we're talking about the fig tree budding and when we're talking about the nation regathered. And just like chapter 38, verses 2 and 3, Nathan, that we just read, there's some ancient names there, but it really translates into the modern days that we know now, because verse 2 and 3 there, going back to Ezekiel 38, it says, set your face uh, against Gog in the land of Magog, in the prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against them, and say, thus is the Lord God, behold, I am against you, Gog, the prince of Rush, Meshach, and Tubal. And can you clarify all those names for us, Nathan, because those do translate to modern day names. Right. So what we're getting here is actually, we're getting a personage, a, a could either be a, a man or a demon-possessed man or a demon himself, but I believe it's a man of immense power. And here we got Gog of the land of Magog. He's the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. So whether Gog is a real name as we use it, uh, in the Bible as a descendant of Reuben, First Chronicles 5-4, or a title for a supreme position such as a king or president, that just remains to be seen. Now, some historians have even pointed to King Gyges of Lydia and, and other historic characters, but that doesn't really fit into the latter days as this prophesied. So what we know is that this there is going to be this, this person, this, this guy named Gog, and he's going to lead a series of nations, but he's going to be the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Now, Gog of the land of Magog. So it's interesting. You have to go back into history and see who are these people, who are these nations that he's ruling over? Well, you find out that the prince of Rosh, or Rosh, is the ancient form of the Scythian area, which was Russia. Uh, it talks about the nation from the farthest north. You can't find a nation more farther north of Israel than Russia. Matter of fact, Moscow is almost directly north of Israel. So what it's saying is here is this leader, Gog, is going to come from the land of Rosh and Magog. Magog is all the Stan nations, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, possibly Afghanistan. And so this ruler is going to rule over all these nations. Now, uh, we know historically the Soviet Union controlled these stand nations as well as the Ukraine and a lot of the what we call the Iron Curtain nations. They lost that in the 1990s when communism fell. And now we've got Vladimir Putin who wants to regain all that territory he lost. So whether this prophecy is saying that Putin is Gog, it doesn't say what his name is, only Gog, but he's one of the most powerful people on the planet right now, so he certainly fits the bill. 
He'd come from Rosh, which is Russia, over an area that used to be under the Soviet Empire. So does that mean that that Putin is going to take the Ukraine and Belarus and all those other nations and the stand nations again? It's possible, uh, but we don't know for sure. But he comes from that area, and certainly Putin comes from the era of the Soviet Union that all those nations were under the control of the Soviet Union. So he, he fits that bill. If I'm not saying Putin is God, get, don't get me wrong there, Vic, but it seems like if if you look at that prophecy, we look at the latter days, we look at the time, that would be Vladimir Putin. And uh, there's another argument for it. When we get to the reason why he attacks Israel, I think it will become pretty clear, but we'll get to that. The other nations yep. that it talks about is Persia, which is the ancient name for Iran, uh, Tubal, Gomer, and Beth Tagarmer is Meshach, which is today Turkey. We also have Kush, which is the ancient name of Sudan and Ethiopia, and Put, which is the ancient name of Libya, with the possibly control of Tunisia or Algeria. So we're talking about this big coalition of nations that want to come and destroy Israel and plunder. Well, what do all these nations have in common? They're all controlled by Islam now. Now, before the 600s, there was no Islam. They they were all enemies. So Islam unites them. And then even politically, they were enemies. And it's only been in the last 10 years have we seen Turkey, Russia, and Iran form alliances with each other and join in their hatred of Israel. Now, obviously, Russia's not overtly, openly hostile to Israel. But historically, Russia's been very hostile to its Jewish population. Nathan, and that, thank you so much. And, and that's, this is why we want those of you that are part of this program to have an idea what is really going on here, because what we're, what we're sharing with you is the reality of all these nations that are now in power. And they have one thing in common. Most of them are surrounding Israel. And most of these Islamic countries hate Israel and they want Israel wiped off the face of the earth. So we know that these battles eventually are going to shift and Israel is going to be caught right in the middle in the crossfire. And again, we want you to notice because Bible prophecy is very accurate. It's generally 100% accurate. And that's how we know that all these things will come to pass. But like Nathan said, exactly who the players are. Well, at this point, we can wonder, but time will tell. These are like pieces moving in a chess game. And uh, right now, we're noticing that these pieces are all moving into place. The timing we see is just amazing how all these things are happening right before our eyes. And Nathan, now, of course, we do know the Bible prophecy talks about different wars that are going to take place. And uh, some also ask the question, well, what about the coalition of nation in Psalm chapter 83, verses 1 through 8? Is this going to be before? Is this going to be after? Are these the same nations? And I wanted us for us, Nathan, to maybe journey over to Psalm 83 and read verses one through eight so that we can also talk a little bit about and clarify those other surrounding nations that maybe the timing of this war that is mentioned in Psalm chapter 83. So would you move there Nathan, with me to Psalm chapter 83 and I'll go ahead and if it's okay, I'll open us up with verses um, one through four and maybe you can read verses four through eight so that we can shed some light into this also coalition of nations. Sure thing, I'd be happy to read five through eight. Yeah, Psalm 83, verse 1, uh, um, another prophecy, amazing, says, Do not keep silent, O God, do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you make have lifted up their head 
they have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut off them from being a nation that the name of Israel might be rendered no more, remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, and the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. And then verse 9 says, Deal with them as with Midian, as with Sisera, as with Jabin, and the brook Kishon. And Nathan, again, here we have this other coalition of nations, names that uh, maybe are foreign to some. But now we know that this is another uh, uh, alliance, according to verse four, that will take place when, again, Israel is a nation and is back in their land. And some have asked, well, we know that Ezekiel 38 and 39 primarily is talking about end time war in the time of the tribulation. But what about this Psalm 83 war? Where, where does that fit? Okay. Well, I, what we've got here, what we're reading, so no one's confused, is a different war. Uh, what we're reading in Psalm 83, it's a prophecy uh, uh, from Asaph, uh, David's seer, in other words, one of David's prophets, who wrote down a prophecy against the enemies directly surrounding Israel. So, when he talks about the tents of Edom, that would be the Palestinians and the southern Jordanians. The Ishmaelites would be the Saudis, as Ishmael was the father of the Arabs. Moab would be more of the Palestinian peoples, the central Jordanians. The Hagrites were the Hagrenes, also known as the Egyptians. Uh, Gebel would be uh, northern Lebanon. That's where you find the Hezbollah terrorist, terrorist group there. Uh, Ammon is the ancient name for the Philist uh, Palestinians uh, of today in northern Jordan. You also have Amalek, which are the Arabs of the Sinai area. Philistia is the Gaza Strip, which became a nation in 2005. Tyre, which is Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. And Assyria, or the Syrians of northern Iraq. So what you've got is what's interesting is called an inner ring of nations. If you have your map and you can look and see Israel, you'll notice that when Vic and I talked and read about the ancient names of the Gog and Magog coalition that's going to attack Israel, it doesn't include any of these nations listed in Psalm 83. And you got to wonder, why would these nations come down to attack Israel and not the nations directly bordering Israel? So it's long believed, and especially uh, uh, very much written about by uh, another Bible prophecy teacher called Bill Salas in his book, Israelestine, that there is going to be a war that precedes the Gog and Magog war, and he calls it the Psalm 83 war. Uh, it's very hotly debated in Bible prophecy, uh, mostly uh, not supported, and I don't know why, because, again, the nations around the Gog-Magog coalition uh, are, have nothing to do with these nations. Why would these nations that are hostile to Israel, that have all these hundreds of thousands of missiles pointed at Israel, won't jump in and attack them? Well, it could be that Israel, as the Psalm 83 prophesies, will subdue these nations, and as a result, then these other outer ring of nations will then come down against Israel. So I, I believe that Bill's on to something. I do believe that this is a... Now, the Gog-Magog prophecy is very clear-cut. Psalm 83, not so much. But I believe Bill's on to something here that this... Israel's going to have to subdue its hostile neighbors. And as a result, the other Arab countries will then target Israel. 
Well, and Nathan, and we've seen in history, we remember 1967 and other uh, where God, I mean, really God miraculously also stepped in when there seemed to be no hope for Israel. And we believe that history repeats itself. And we see that, uh, I mean, all these nations are in place right now. They have the, the capability to jump in and try to wipe uh, Israel off the, off the face of the earth. And in all these instances, God steps in supernaturally, much like we're noticing in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Because if we go back to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, as you read there, Nathan, uh, in verse 9 uh, of Ezekiel chapter 38, it says, you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud. You and all your troops and many people with you thus says the lord god on that day verse 10 it shall come to pass that thought will rise in your mind and you will make an evil plan in verse 11 you will say i will go up against the land and i mean I, this is just amazing unwalled villages and i will go to the peaceful people who dwell safely all of them dwelling without walls and having neither uh, bars or gates to take plunder and to take booty and to stretch out your hand against the waste places. Uh, and I just love this. And it says there in verse 12 that are again in the habit and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and good who dwell in the midst of the land. Uh, Nathan, and you and I know that there is great value right now in the land of Israel. There's a purpose why they're coming against it. Yeah, I'm up till just a few years ago, this was a part of this prophecy, this God made God prophecy that most Bible prophecy students couldn't figure out. Why in the world would Russia and this Islamic country come down now to destroy Israel? Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, the hatred of the Jews amongst the the Muslims is just unbelievable. But why would Russia do that? Well, a few years ago, Russia found this massive, excuse me, Israel found this massive amount of gasoline under the Mediterranean Sea within their jurisdiction rights. And they've been working on the Leviathan um, find and others. And they've been building a, a, a pipeline up through Greece and into Europe so that when they start production in another year or two, it will directly threaten Russia's primary economic engine, which is supplying Europe with gasoline. So imagine, now here we got Putin trying to influence the Ukraine and basically make it a puppet country so he can control the gas flowing into Russia. And here we've got Israel just about to become a threat to the Russian economy. Very fascinating, interesting timing wise. Uh, does this mean that Putin fails in the Ukraine and so wants to secure against Israel's gas find. I mean, this this could destroy Russia's economy once Israel starts pumping that gas into Europe. So you can see there's a tremendous reason why Putin wants to go, or at least the Gog, whoever he may become, uh, wants to go and attack Israel. And now that part of the puzzle has fallen into place. Nathan, and I love that. I know we don't have a lot of time for the program, but what we want people to understand is that, you know what, things, the eyes will eventually shift uh, from Ukraine down to Israel, like the Bible says. But all of what we're noticing today is just this amazing lineup of these countries. We see the power uh, 
that <laughs> Russia has. We see that Russia at one point uh, wasn't even uh, a superpower. Now they are. And again, what's happening with the Ukraine, this is nothing more than the preparation for the events that are going to unfold in Bible prophecy, especially in the time of the tribulation. So for those of us that are living, for those of us that are alive right now, these are exciting times. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to recognize the Lord is coming back soon. And we need to really uh, learn to read the signs of the times. And it's crucial for you that are part of this program if you don't have a personal relationship with jesus christ you need to consider coming to christ now i know that sometimes people are attracted to bible prophecy because of uh, uh, uh just the, the amazing events that are unfolding and people want to hear something new but this we need to take this personal it's not just information it's personal relationship with jesus christ and we hope that you come to christ while there is still time. So again, Nathan, maybe for that person that is just fascinated with prophecy, but they really don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, can we share with them how they can start the relationship even right now? Absolutely. Well, first, I want you to go to Ezekiel 38 and 39 and read it because you find out how God steps in and destroys Gog and all these hordes and then sends fire back on the nations. And so he destroys Russia and the Islamic control of the Middle East. And then you get to verse 23, thus, and this is the reason God's doing all this, thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord. So God wants you to know who he is, whether it's through uh, people, uh, fellow Christians in the church telling you about the gospel, or God stepping in and supernaturally destroying these countries, the whole world will know that God is God one day. So you got to ask yourself, have I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior? And if you haven't, then pray right now something from your heart in faith and repentance. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. Please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. The guilt will be washed away and you will inherit eternal life with him. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And if you trusted the Lord right now, if you pray that prayer from wherever you are, hey, reach out to us, 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice with you and send you a Bible and a study guide so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And if you follow us on social media and you accept the Lord, hey, let us know. We would love to rejoice with you as well. These are exciting, exciting times. And Nathan, it's amazing to me how even in the midst of the darkness, there's always hope for people, right? Absolutely. Uh, the whole Bible is meant to point you to Jesus Christ, the ultimate hope, the Savior of our souls. So keep reading your Bible, folks. And Nathan, I think according to what we just noticed here, I mean, you and I just started basically touching uh, a little bit on what's coming. We might need to do a second, uh, a second part to this program as we even have a whole, whole chapter, another chapter to cover. Oh, there you go. You need to go back to your old moniker. Remember when you used to say same bat time? <laughs> <laughs> same bat time, same bat. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I, we try to cover a lot of information, but we also know that most likely Russia, the Ukraine scenario is going to be around for the next few weeks. That's, that's a hot topic. And we want to do our due diligence and make sure that we're keeping people updated with what's really going on. So that's why Nathan and I might do another part of this, an update, so that you can be uh, informed in what's going on, but from a biblical perspective. So that's why we wanna thank you guys for your prayers. We thank you for being part of the program. Always reach out to us if you're in need of prayer or if you have any question. Nathan is 
uh, the, uh, uh, an amazing uh, internet evangelist, and he answers tons of questions. So just bring him over, and uh, we would love to be able to encourage you in that. So again, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we do thank you for being part of the program. And like always, Nathan, it's always great to have you on. I hope you have a great week. You all too. God bless. Thank you. And the rest of you have an awesome day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Dave Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry saying goodbye. And keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back soon.